You're listening to the all-new Darker Projects 4.0. Old favorites, new episodes. Only at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. To a precious few it was a paradise. A haven from the hectic pace of the real world. To others, it was a nightmare. Nothing on this quaint island is as it seems. Beneath the tranquil lull of the ocean and the beautiful gardens, Dr. Nathaniel Lothman carved out a project based on Dr. Sam Beckett's theories on time travel. Hungry for the power to reform history to his own liking, Dr. Lotherman integrated himself into the project and became Lothos. As his staff work to his ultimate goal, their lives are held in the balance. Still vigilant to be who they are in a complex where danger lurks around every corner, their secrets lie buried and passions rest dormant. For how long? Last on Quantum Retribution. Take the chain and bring him inside, Siren. Pull the damn chain. Make me come inside. I'd hate for the water to get cold. Get in, or do I need to help you in? I haven't needed help getting into a bathtub since I was four. Xavier! She's... Siren's having a seizure! By Lothos's order, you and Mr. Conroy are to spend all your time together, free time as well as working hours, for the next two weeks. I'm to put medicine on your wounds, Mr. Conroy. Please come with me. Speaking... Uh, uh, speaking for myself... Not too damned good. Do you expect me to finish this? This is what Lothus has ordered me to do, and I will do it. Very well. I'll close the door. Trevor lay as still as he could as Siren continued to smooth the ointment over his stomach and up his chest, then over each of his arms. It was only after a moment of stillness that he realized she hadn't moved, and turned his head to meet her gaze. In spite of her determination to do what was expected, her hesitation and shyness were clear in her face and her eyes. If you'll help me to sit up, I'll finish. I don't shirk. My responsibilities, Mr. Conroy. Though he knew she was being as gentle as she knew how, it didn't lessen the pain as Siren's fingers touched areas of Trevor Conroy's bodies never before subjected to the abuse that had been inflicted by Myra's expertise with a whip. He clutched at the sheet under him, alternately holding his breath and gasping. 
a few tears trickling from his eyes because of the pain. Grabbing her wrist, he sat up suddenly. Ow! Enough! Please, no, no more. Can I have something to drink? Siren looked up at him apologetically. He needed a break, they both did. She went to the tray on the dining room table and picked up one of the glasses of tea. Returning to her bedroom, she went to the bed. Sliding a hand behind Trevor's head, she helped him sit up for a bit and then held the glass to his lips. Okay, here you are. Slowly. You can have as much as you like. Trevor was as grateful as any soul lost in a desert for something cool and wet on his throat. When he motioned that he'd had enough, Siren set the glass on the bedside table and then helped him to lie back down. No. I'm almost done. I... I know it's painful. And if you need to yell or curse at me, anything to help, go ahead. Squeezing some of the ointment onto her fingertips, she resumed her task. Trevor sucked in a deep, sharp breath, gasping as she applied the medicine to one particularly raw welt on the inner part of his right leg. Trevor cursed her roundly and crudely with each time her fingers and the ointment touched his abused, most sensitive flesh. When she finished several minutes later, Siren was certain that she'd been called every name in the book. I'm finished. Thank God. To her credit, Siren didn't respond snidely or negatively to it. Covering him again, she turned away, not wanting him to see how much his words had upset her. Moving toward the door, she paused. I'll get the meal that Xavier made for us. Excuse me. Exhausted, Trevor said nothing, only nodding as he caught his breath. Pulling her bedroom door closed behind her, Siren leaned against it and closed her eyes. A small sound caught her attention and she looked up to see Xavier coming toward her. Her chin quivered and the tears began to fall before she had a chance to stop them. Excuse me, please. Before Xavier could stop her, Siren quickly walked into the bathroom then shut and locked the door. Leaning back against it, she slid down it, letting the emotions come out. Hugging her knees to her chest, Siren laid her head down on them and began to sob. Siren. told Mr. Conway that I would bring him the food that you prepared for us. Is that okay, sir, or shall I bring him into the dining area to eat? Get the tray and take it into him. Leave the door open. Yes, sir. Xavier observed Siren as she obeyed his instructions, then followed her as far as the doorway of her bedroom. He watched her set the tray on the bedside table and then pour half of the tea from her glass into the wand she had retrieved earlier. She then turned to the man on the bed and helped him to sit up and propped a pillow behind his wounded back. If they'd taken a knife and peeled the skin off me, it wouldn't hurt this bad. Last of all, Siren carefully placed the plate of food, a ham sandwich, on his sheet-draped lap and moved the glass of tea closer to him. Every moment was a new lesson in pain, 
But Trevor hadn't eaten since noon, and even a simple ham sandwich looked appealing. But he was so stiff that reaching for the tea glass on the table beside the bed was a struggle. Siren had moved to sit in the chair situated in one corner of the room and drank her tea. Yet she had barely sat down when she heard a soft gasp from Trevor. <gasps> Seeing his discomfort as she reached for the glass of tea, she went to his aid. Setting her glass down, she perched carefully on the edge of the mattress and held his glass so he could drink from it. Thanks. It surprised Trevor more than a little to realise that he was glad to have Siren close. He saw a tear slip down her cheek. She turned her head away from him and looked down at her arm. Following her gaze, he saw a bruise on her arm where he'd grabbed her to stop her applying the ointment. He was about to apologise when Xavier abruptly entered and marched across the room to pick up the untouched plate and thrust it toward her. Eat. I can't eat. Please, sir, if I eat, I'll be sick. If you don't have something to eat, your blood sugar will be off and you will end up in the infirmary again. At least, you'll have a soft place to land. The look Xavier turned on him made Trevor go nine kinds of cold inside. Shifting his gaze to his daughter, Xavier used the same tone he'd used to Mr. Conroy earlier. Trevor had understood it immediately. Siren, on the other hand, was only now seeing in her father what others saw him when they displeased him. You don't have to eat all of it, just some of it. Don't make me say it again, Siren. Taking the sandwich from her father, Siren took a bite, chewed it slowly and swallowed it. Picking up her glass, she finished the remainder of tea in it before standing up. She turned to leave to go to get some more, but Xavier grabbed her right arm, causing the glass to slip from her hand and shatter at her feet. Siren cried out when a large shard of the broken glass pierced the top of her right foot. Xavier pulled Siren a bit closer to him. Staring intently into her wide blue eyes, he put aside the knowledge that to him she was his daughter. At this moment, she was just another person whom Lorthos had directed him to correct. You seem frightened, my dear. You have good reason to be. Clean it up. When in correction, you obey promptly or suffer further consequences. While growing up, she'd heard stories and rumours about her father, but until today had never believed them. Now, under his piercing cold gaze, she believed them all. She moved her feet closer to her body, and in doing so bumped her injured foot. For disobedience to an order, you will wait until dawn for the glass to be removed. Crossing his arms over his chest, Xavier stood over Siren, his expression alone daring her to defy him. If she does, well, certain old habits never die. I... I'm very sorry, sir. It won't happen again. What did you say, Siren? I'm sorry, sir. It won't happen again. A wise decision. Xavier watched Siren place the residue of spilled food and broken glass on her plate. Then, without thinking, she put her injured foot to the floor and put her weight on it, and immediately cried out in pain. She looked up at him, and he knew exactly what she wanted. You move on your own power. I do not assist those whom I correct. Get rid of that garbage. Must I repeat myself? No, sir. Slowly, carefully, Siren got up on her feet, taking care not to put the ball of her right foot on the floor and hobbled to the kitchen. She disposed of the food and shards of glass, then got the broom and dustpan from the broom closet and returned to her bedroom. There, she managed the best way she could to finish clearing up the mess. Coming back into the bedroom, she stood in the doorway awaiting orders from her TM, not her father. 
Standing there, clenching her teeth against the pain in her foot, Siren couldn't help but think, If this is how he is to the people he corrects, then I don't want to be his daughter anymore. I've been deceived all this time, my whole life. If this is what he does day in and day out, I'm not safe here. God, what am I saying? I'm not safe anywhere. I will do as you say, sir. You don't have to repeat anything else. I apologize for any disrespect you may have been given. You have reached a milestone, dear heart. One every parent knows must come. For your failure in instant obedience, you will share the bed with Mr. Conroy for the night. What? Are you defying me, Siren? No, sir. You will sleep in what you are wearing. Now go and wash up, then get into bed. It's almost 1am and you both have a full day's work ahead of you. Siren listened carefully to what he said. Clenching her teeth against the pain in her foot, she turned and headed to the bathroom to clean up. Damn him. Damn him to hell. Once this correctional period is over, I'm out of this place. If I have to sleep on Mr. Conroy's couch, I will. Even his own bed with him. But I'll be damned to hell if I sleep in here again. After washing up quickly, Siren looked down at her foot. Worried about the way the shard was moving, as well as how it would get infected, she reached into the medicine cabinet and pulled down the alcohol. She knew that it was going to hurt like hell, but everything else up to this point was hurting like hell, so why not? Pouring it over the cut, she whimpered at the pain, then gently patted her foot dry. Returning to the bedroom, she went to the bed and, as ordered, laid down beside, but not close to, Trevor Conroy. Is there anything else that I'm required to do this evening, sir, before I'm allowed to sleep? To Siren's utter surprise, Xavier did something that he'd done in the past when as a child she had suffered various sprained ankles and once a broken arm. Getting a pillow from her closet, he put it under her foot, making sure that it was protected from being bumped or moved when she slept. But as he did so, it was then that Xavier smelled the alcohol. Turning his head, he saw her watching him and chewing on her lower lip. Deliberate defiance, Siren. I thought I stated it clearly, that your foot would be attended to in the morning. But you have obviously chosen to defy a very explicit order by putting alcohol on your foot. Let her feel what it's like to know that punishment is coming. Just not what sort or when. Is he kidding? Berating her for using a little alcohol on a nasty cut? Please, sir, I... I thought that you said I should clean up. I thought that meant my foot as well. You did tell me earlier that at dawn the shard would be removed. I... I didn't know I was being deliberately defiant toward you, sir. I... I please, I didn't know. But I will accept and do what you want me to do, sir. Xavier heard Siren's explanation, but it was her eyes, so like her real father's, that spoke the most clearly. His daughter was gone. In her place, he now saw the child of the one he served. He saw the defiance and determination in her. He saw her mother's own defiance and refusal to give in, but even her mother had suffered at his hands. Now it appeared so would one of her daughters. Leaving the room, Xavier went to the kitchen and returned with a knife and went straight to Siren. Fear was plain on her face, in her eyes, as Xavier leaned over her and she saw the knife in his hand. With the ease of experience, Xavier quickly slit the front of her uniform, then put the knife aside and used his hand to rip it wide open. Next, he cut the sleeves away, tearing the fabric and throwing it aside. The last thing he did was to use the knife to cut her bra off her body. 
Siren started to cover herself with her hands. Don't. Your punishment for defiance, even unknowing defiance, is to sleep as you are now, and you will not cover yourself in any manner. He can beat me until I can't breathe, but he's not going to use me to hurt her. When Xavier walked out of the room a moment later, pausing only to turn off the light and close the door, the two people on the bed were as motionless as stone. Barely a minute after the door closed, Trevor heard the first sniffle, then a soft little sob. Before another minute passed, Siren was crying, and he felt her body tremble with each sob. He knew he had to do something to try to comfort her in some way. Gritting his teeth against the pain he knew it would cause, he wiggled his way down until he was flat on his back. Every moment was agony as he stretched his hand down to snag the edge of a blanket. He pulled it up over himself and then pulled it up over Siren, dropping the edge near her waist. Laying his head on the pillow again, he turned his head towards her. Don't, don't cry. If you want, you can put your head on my shoulder. It's not that. It's just that sometimes when something hurts, or you're afraid... It's easier to bear when you have someone to lean on. It, it doesn't mean you're weak. We all need someone to lean on at some time in our lives. <laughs> you sound like the, the song. Turning her head toward him, it was then she realized how close they were to each other on the bed. She had felt him moving on the bed, but hadn't realized how he had covered himself and her up to the waist. She hurriedly tossed the blanket away from her. Thank you, Mr. Conroy, for the blanket. But I'm not supposed to have one. If he should come back in. I... I'd like to, Mr. Conroy, but I don't want to hurt you anymore. I seriously doubt that you really want a self-centered, spoiled, rotten, red-headed, evil bitch as myself to lay my head on your shoulder. Do you? You might be surprised. Besides, like I said... Sometimes it's easier to get through something when you've got someone willing to help you out. He paused and then did something he didn't expect to do. It took a moment, but he found her hand at her side and curled his fingers around hers and squeezed them gently. I'm trying to help, Siren. Not take advantage of you. That's all. I understand that. And I appreciate you trying to comfort me, but I don't want either of us to have any more correction than what we've already had. We've had enough pain and humiliation, don't you think? And he wants something to happen. Something inappropriate. I don't want to feed the damn fire. I've had enough today to last until the day I die. And when this is over, it's over. I do want to thank you for not saying anything earlier. If you had gotten into the middle of Xavier's discussion with me, I don't think you'd be here now. And neither would I. <sighs> I know this has been quite a day for you, and I don't want to add any more to it. Thank you, Mr. Conroy, for trying to comfort me when it should be the other way around, especially for all the pain that I caused you today. However, if you don't mind, may I just hold your hand? Sure. They lay very still in the darkness, and after a bit, Trevor could tell by the soft pattern of her breathing that Siren had fallen asleep. 
and uncomfortable as it was, not long afterward exhaustion finally won and he too succumbed to sleep. His last semi-coherent thought was to wonder at the thin strip of a shadow showing under the bedroom door. Carefully opening the bedroom door, Xavier moved quietly to the foot of the bed and by the low light of the hallway observed the sleeping couple. Except for Mr. Conroy now lying flat on his back, neither one's position had shifted an inch. A moment passed, then Xavier left the room. Perhaps in the morning. From the time the situation between Siren and Trevor Conroy began to unfold, Lorthos had watched it all. He witnessed his daughter's unconscious declaration of independence, her coming of age, as it were, in reaction to Xavier's method of carrying out her punishment. Though she would no longer be under Xavier's care, it was a time that he and Xavier had discussed several years before. Xavier's paternal affections for Siren were always true. Lorthos's second daughter lacked for nothing, including the affection of at least a father figure as she grew and matured. Xavier raised and nurtured Siren well, but he and Lorthos had accepted that the time would come when something would sever the relationship between Siren and himself. Nothing was ever planned to precipitate such a separation. They agreed that it should be allowed to happen in the course of time, and now it had happened. Lorthos would not interfere with Xavier in his duties. His allegiance had been rock solid from day one. Lorthos trusted his judgment and abilities implicitly when it came to disciplining and correcting all those who lived in the complex. That trust now extended to whatever method or methods he chose to use to correct and discipline his daughter. Even she was not exempt from absolute obedience and subjection. Using infrared, Lorthos watched over Siren and Mr. Conroy as they slept. It was interesting to note how, in deep sleep, Siren had moved closer to Mr. Conroy's side. Only when her arm touched his did she become still again. The couple was still in the most chaster positions the next morning. What time is it? Uh, quarter to six. Lights on. Who? Uh, had to be Xavier. Trevor bit his lower lip to keep from gasping as he lifted his free hand to rub the sleep from his eyes. Then he glanced over at Siren and smiled. Not only was her arm against his now, but also the way she tilted her head sometime during the night so it was resting lightly against his shoulder. Though it was very tempting to do so, he didn't turn his head too far toward her. That would make it more than a little awkward to explain should she wake up to find him sniffing the small fanning of her hair that was lying over his shoulder. Trevor lay silently and watched her sleep. Finally, his patience was rewarded when she blinked slowly, a soft moan escaping her lips. He just smiled when she noticed how close they were. Morning. Morning. Anyone ever tell you you're pretty when you're asleep? No. Unless us to get off the bed at Xavier's order, I'm not moving. Oh, you! You just don't know when to stop, do you? Oh, bother. I wasn't implying anything, except 
that you are really pretty when you sleep. I wasn't implying that somebody else... La 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 la, I can't hear you. Trevor glanced over at her. Seeing the snotty expression on Siren's face as she attempted to avoid listening to him, he suddenly decided that what she needed was a real wake-up call. Siren barely got a half-gasp out before Trevor lowered his head and kissed her long and hard. It appears that I've interrupted a makeup session. Perhaps I should come back in, say, 15 minutes? You have been listening to Quantum Retribution, episode 109, Getting to Know You, What a Pain, part three. Featured in this episode were David Alt as the narrator, David Drage as Xavier, MJ Cogburn as Siren Lothaman, and Shane Harris as Trevor Conroy. This is Seth Adamshire. Quantum Retribution is written and produced by M.J. Kellogburn and C.E. Krawick. Our artist is James Leeper. Theme music can be downloaded at sounddogs.com. Other music was performed by Kevin McLeod and Kai Hartwig. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com. Thank you for listening.